Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. The reason we lead with that is because we believe our words matter, and you don't want to wait till you're half or two-thirds through the class to start believing that. Let's go ahead and believe it right now, right? And the Word of God does things for you that nothing else can do. It builds you up. It nourishes you up on the inside, makes you strong, and enables you to overcome. Get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. Let's believe God today for answers. Lord, we thank you for being so good to us, so gracious to us. You are the faithful God. And we ask you for utterance, anointing, direction, guidance, eyes and ears to hear and a heart that can receive. Thank you for help. Thank you for answers. We lay hold of it and we give you all the glory for the results. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please in the, in the scripture again at Hebrews, the third chapter. We've been on a series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And we are several lessons into this now, so if you weren't with us, uh, go online, faithschool.org, and you'll see uh, the previous lessons, and they go back, there's hundreds of them there, and uh, you can catch up with us. We started with this talking about the faith that overcomes, and now we're into specifically overcoming unbelief with our faith. And so it'll help you to, to get, you know, what we've already gone through. And we've been looking at Hebrews 3 about how that he said, um, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. In verse 18, To whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, this is such an amazing statement because if you read other passages, it was God's plan for them, these Israelites delivered out of Egyptian bondage, to go into Canaan's land and enjoy it. That was his plan from the foundation of the world, the scripture said. And yet it didn't happen for them. Now, that's something that should cause you pause. It was the will of God. It was the plan of God. And it didn't happen for them. Right. Exactly right. Because there's a number of people, and it's even taught and preached, that if it's God's plan, it's going to happen. No matter what. Well, if you're talking about the overall result then yeah, uh, God's purpose and plan 
for the church and the prophecies that have been spoken, uh, that's going to happen. But here's the thing. With you or without you, that's the part I think a lot of times folks miss. Even if God wants you to be a part of it, if you won't trust Him, if you won't listen to Him, if you won't obey Him, you'll get left out. You can, you can miss personally what God had for you. Now, ultimately, He can accomplish His plan, the big plan, with somebody else. But I don't want somebody else getting my spot, my blessing, right? Well, then I better get a hold of myself, right? And, and see to it, like he's warning us, that I don't yield to fear and unbelief and draw back and not listen and not do. He says in chapter 4 and 1, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. 1 Corinthians 10, look there again. He, he says that here in these two major places in the New Testament. There are other references to it, but in 1 Corinthians 10, the Living Bible, verse 11, all these things happen to them as examples, object lessons to us to warn us against doing the same things. They're written down so we could read about them and learn from them. He said, verse 12, be careful if you're thinking, oh, I would never behave like that. Let this be a warning to you, for you too could fall into sin. Uh, the Message Bible says it like this, we're just as capable of messing it up as they were. <laughs> is that true? Yes. It is. It is true. So how do we avoid what they did? Well, first of all, you'd need to know what they did in order to recognize and avoid it, which is why we're going back. Go back again, Exodus, Exodus chapter 14, and we're looking at, there were 10 major episodes where these people failed to believe, and through these, through these events, you will recognize outstanding characteristics and identifiers of unbelief. So as, you're, as we're looking at this, make some notes on this when we say this is uh, a characteristic of unbelief. This is an identifier. We've already seen one big one, right? Well, let's just go there and read it again. Uh, Exodus, and, and you will be tested on this material. <laughs> Not by me, but in life. So you, you want to pass that test. Exodus... 14, God warned uh, Moses and the people that Pharaoh was going to come after them when they're encamped there by the Red Sea, and sure enough, he did. And man, here he comes with all his hundreds and hundreds of chariots and then hundreds and thousands of horsemen and footmen. He brought the whole army, and the Bible said in verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near... The children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. Sore afraid. Do you have to be afraid? This is worth spending some time on. Because if they couldn't help it, then it's not reasonable to expect them to do something different. If fear comes on you, 
And that's something nobody can control or deal with, then it's not reasonable to expect us to control it. But that's a lie the enemy has perpetrated. You do not have to fear. We, we looked in Luke 8, yesterday's class, about how God told uh, Jairus when they came and told him, your daughter's dead. What's the first thing he told him? Fear not. Well, would it be appropriate for Jairus to say, I can't help it? Wouldn't the Lord know if he could help it or not? It would have been useless to tell him to not fear if he couldn't help it. And this is something, I mean, it doesn't get much more serious than your child. Right? So, yet you can't say, well, this is a nothing deal. He knows they're not lying to him. She's not breathing anymore. Her body's cold and getting stiff. She's gone. And yet Jesus says what? <laughs> Fear not. Oh, everybody said out loud. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. If the Lord tells you. Now, now we don't talk exactly that way in our time. What would we say? Don't fear. Or stop being afraid. Stop fearing. Don't fear. And yet you'll find many, many people that will tell you. Well, I can't help it. If you had happened to you what's happening to me, you'd be afraid too. But these, this is not true. These are, these are lies that you can't help it. That's a lie. And that's giving the enemy more credit than he deserves. He cannot force you to fear. He cannot force you to accept fear and yield to fear and embrace fear. He can bring all kind of bad reports. He can bring feelings and pressure and all kind of stuff, but that's coming out here against you. It's up to you and I whether we let it in you. Against you is not in you. And you're in control of what gets in you. What you want to let get in you is what God said. Is that right? Let what he said get in you and anything else that contradicts what he said, that's what the Bible says, casting down imaginations and thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. That's when you got to say, no, that is not getting in me. I am not thinking that. I'm not talking that. I'm not meditating on that. Could they have done differently when they saw Pharaoh and all of his host coming at him and the fear hit them? Well, when they said all the junk, they said disrespectfully and unthankfully against Moses. What's the first thing out of his mouth to tell them? Don't fear. Don't fear. Could they have taken that word and said, right, 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 right. I got to quit this. Why? Because we just saw yesterday in, in Job, the law of fear is that what you fear and dread comes on you, comes to you. The literal rendering said that Job said, I feared a fear and it met me. And what I was afraid of came to me. 
came to you. It's like a magnet that draws what you're afraid of to you. I, uh, I, I read a report actually a number of years ago that said it was talking about the immune system and they were talking about psychology connected to it and physiology, the connection. And um, they did a test where that they told somebody, and this was all, this is years ago before COVID and all that stuff, but they told somebody, uh, they came into a room and they told them that they were around some people that had the flu. And so they would check different ones. They had them, uh, you know, monitors on and all that kind of stuff. And they said, uh, some people, when they heard it, oh no, you didn't tell me that they had the flu. Their heart rate went up and their blood pressure went up and their pores actually opened up. And they become more susceptible for <laughs> germs to get in. <laughs> and, but there were other people who said, ah, that won't bother me, you know. Uh, that I, I go all year, never even have a cold, you know. And they said their heart stayed the same, their blood pressure stayed the same. Can, can you see what's going on here? Yeah. It's just some visible, just a little bit of visible evidence that what? Your fears will come on you. What you dread will be drawn to you. And if that's true, and the Bible says it is, then should we make it a very serious matter to get rid of fears? Yes. Huh? Yes. I mean, whatever it takes, we've got to get rid of the fear. How can I get rid of the fear? Stop thinking and meditating on the thing that's scaring you. <laughs> Stop that. And then, but you've got to go further. Hear the answer. Is that right? Hear what God has said to you about, you know, instead of perishing in that, coming out of that and delivering. Instead of never getting what you need, getting what you need. Stop watching, looking at, listening to, thinking about that and start watching, listening, thinking about this. And are we in control of what we talk about, what we think about, what we let ourselves look at and listen to? Yes, we are. Which means it's in our control whether we fear or whether we don't. Now, friend, this is one of the greatest revelations you'll ever get in your life. I'm telling you, it is one of the greatest ones because most people on the planet don't believe what I just said. And it's not what I said, it's what he said. With this in mind, look in uh, uh, John, the 14th chapter. John chapter 14. And we're talking about do you have to fear? And that's connected to is there any situation where you can't help but be afraid or you can't help but doubt? Is, could there be a situation like that? Because a lot of people would tell you they can't help it. If you believe that, you are stuck. You're stuck. And it's going to get worse. But the truth is, of course, now, if you're not a believer, uh, you don't have access to some of the things we're talking about. You don't have the Spirit of God inside you. You don't have a right to the authority of the name of Jesus. And you are in trouble. And you can't, without faith, 
You cannot get free from fear. You cannot. You can hide it. You can disguise it. <laughs> you can pretend it's not there. You can have sessions about it. But it'll all be about dealing with the fear, not getting rid of it. Because the only way you can get rid of it is faith in God. Hallelujah. Believe in what He said. In fact, hold your place here in John. I know I'm moving around a little bit, but there's a reason why. Go to, go to Hebrews, the second chapter. We were just there in the third chapter in our text. But you saw that they, uh, they kept talking about dying. We're all going to die in the desert. I get tired of just saying it when I'm teaching. <laughs> But there's a reason why I keep saying it. It's what did them in. They do always err in their heart, God said, and they don't know. They've never learned my ways. Well, why would he say that? Unless they had opportunity to learn his ways. They did. And the Bible said Moses, the, the psalmist said that they saw his acts, but Moses learned his ways. And apparently, Joshua did too. And Caleb did too. And they, though these hundreds of thousands didn't make it in, they did make it in. Glory to God. But they saw differently. They heard differently. They believed differently. They talked differently. They acted differently. They had the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. They believed and they said it. The others had the spirit of fear. And they believed the bad and they expected death and they talked death and they cowered and they shrunk back. And the very thing they were so afraid of happened to all of them, came to pass. Hebrews reveals this law. We saw it in Job 3 that he said, what I feared came to me. Well, in Hebrews 2, he said that verse 14 for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, talking about Jesus, he likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. If you look at 1 John, uh, I believe it's the third chapter or so, it talks about for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is the Spirit of God saying why Jesus came. This is big. Why did Jesus come? If you look up that word destroy, it's also translated undo. Jesus came to undo <laughs> all the junk that the devil did. And one of the biggest things the enemy was doing and still trying to do is work death. Can you see that? He came that through death... That Jesus might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. If you can't get free from fear, you can't get free. Bondage is connected to fear. And you'll see that. There's talk about phobias. And phobia is a word for fear. 
And this kind of phobia and that kind of phobia, there's a fear of heights. There's a fear of depths. There's a fear of being in a crowd. There's a fear of being alone. The list goes on and on. Fear of all kind of animals and fear of, you know, you name it. Well, you see, you get a strong enough hold of fear in a person's life, they get in so much bondage, most things they can't eat, most things they can't drink. Uh, you, you see people get in so much fear, they won't leave the house. Is that bondage? Yes. That is b- such bondage. They're alive. It's like they're in a jail cell. And what is keeping them there? Fear. Fear, and specifically the fear of death. Now people say, well, no, I, I have a fear of flying. Not really. You got a fear of crashing and dying. <laughs> it's not the flying that's, that's the real problem. <laughs> I got a fear of the water. No, you got a fear of drowning and dying. You get rid of the fear of death, and oh my, you are a loosed soul. Oh, hallelujah. When you get rid, you're no longer afraid to die. Now you're free to live. Come on, can you see that? Not to be reckless and do stupid stuff and throw away your life. I'm not saying that. But you don't live in the shadow of death, afraid to do this or try that or can't. And and you see, that fear expands to all kind of afraid of what people will think. Afraid of what somebody might say. Afraid of losing this. Afraid of not being chosen, not being included. Fear, 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 fear. It's just everywhere. But the child of God can be free. I said free. Completely free. Why? Because Jesus took on flesh and blood. Hallelujah. And through death, he destroyed the one that had the power of death, that is the devil, and he delivered those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The Bible said that Jesus tasted death for every man. Do you know if the Lord tears his coming, you live out your life down, life down here, you won't even taste death when you leave. Jesus tasted it for you. You'll leave, your spirit will come out of your body like a hand comes out of a glove. And you'll probably look at it laying wherever it was, on the hospital bed or uh, piling the floor. But you won't be in terror and you won't be afraid. The presence of the angel of God will be right there with you. Hallelujah. The The glory of the Lord meets you and you will go through no agony, no terror, Hallelujah. In peace and joy, you'll come in to the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Next phase of your existence, which is way above this. But if you don't have that, if you're not a believer, you cannot get free from the fear of death. You can hide it. You can ignore it. But it's still there. It's still there. It's still that gnawing thing in the back. You're going to die. Uh-oh. What if you die? Oh, what if this happens and you don't make it? Oh, it's that fear of irrecoverable loss. And my loved ones, 
that have already passed on. I don't refer to them in the past tense because they're not was. They are. And I don't grieve like those who have no hope. I'm going to see them again really soon. Right? Are you all awake or not? (laughs) I don't have to be tormented with the fear of death. I don't have to grieve. Oh, they're gone. They're gone forever. No, they just moved. They just relocated. (laughs) True or not? If, If the Bible is true, these things are true. And if you've been delivered from the fear of death, oh my, then can you see what a difference it would make if you're standing there like they were seeing Pharaoh's army headed towards you? Oh, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. Well, we're all going sometime. Come here with me or not? And uh, I'm saved. I know what happens to me when I go. I'm ready to go. But God didn't talk about us going today. He said he was going to get glory, right? So I'm not expecting, I'm ready to go. But can you see, either way, you have no fear. Ah, it's so wonderful to be free from fear. Oh, it's so wonderful to be free from the fear. Fear of death, fear fear of lack, fear of running out. Somebody said out loud, thank you, Lord, for delivering us from the fear of death. I have been made alive in Christ. I have passed from death unto life. And I'm going from glory to glory. Hallelujah. I have no fear of death in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. And that big anchor, that big foundation will help you to not yield to unbelief. Our time's up again. Come back with us next week. Next time, there's a whole lot more to see. You and I are coming up faith to faith, glory to glory. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've enjoyed being with you again this week in Faith School. At the end of the week, I always like to pray and speak over our partners. Without all our partners, we couldn't be doing this. We couldn't be reaching uh, the world with this message of faith. Thank you. And we have a right to believe with you over your things if you're hooked with us as a partner. And so we're talking about today not fearing. And the enemy, where your finances and material things are concerned, he's always trying to get into you a fear of running out, fear of not having enough. And you want to resist that with everything in your being. If somebody says to you, will we have enough? Do you think we'll have enough? You say, no, no, we'll have more than enough. I'm speaking it over you right now. In Jesus' name, increase, abound toward our partners. I agree with you for more than enough. I say they will have abundance, they'll have plenty, and they will have more than enough to meet every need, pay every bill, and more besides to give. In Jesus' name. Every time you think about it, talk that way, say that way, give no place to fear, and you'll have plenty. 
God's doing it for us, He's doing it for you. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.